Amen. Thank you, Rich. Can you all hear me? Very good. Okay. Yeah, as Rich said, we're going to do something a little bit different today, and we're going to be talking about mission groups. So you want to say that after me, mission groups? Mission groups. What are mission groups? I'm aware, as you sit here, that some of you know exactly what mission groups are. Other of you are thinking, I, I think that's what Mosaic doing for their small groups or community groups or something like that. You're right. They are Mosaic's small groups. We call them mission groups. And today, I'm going to give a bit of vision. I'm also going to address a bit of mission drift. And thirdly, going to have a chance for us to meet some people who live near us and to connect with people who you might not have managed to do over the past few weeks and months and a way that together we can actually find people who live near us and we can join maybe some new mission groups or find people who are in existing groups. Sound good? Okay. So last week, Matt reminded us of the purpose of the church, the mission of the church, the great command and the great commission. Great command, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. The great commission, you all know very well, Matthew 28, 19 to 20, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And this is the best bit about this verse. Surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. The mission of the church is not something now he says, okay, over to you. He is empowering us. He's with us. He is on mission with us. He is God incarnate. Christ came, sent by God, and now he has sent us. So that's the mission of the church, and Matt was pulling us back to the very core purposes of who we are together as a church. And he put up this slide that you may recognize. The uh, slide team, PowerPoint team, were not happy with the black background. But anyway, I thought it would bring the reminder of what you saw last week with some cool graphics. Up, follow Jesus. In, build community out, make disciples. So that sums up, that's a rhythm for us at Mosaic to sum up what the Bible calls us to do, what God has asked us to do, what Jesus instructed his followers to do. Follow Jesus, build community, and make disciples. That sounds good? It's kind of a rhythm. It's something that informs lots of what we do at Mosaic. It's, a, it's almost like a grid. It helps us, a checklist, a, a kind of pole, a north star that helps us focus. Are we doing the right thing here? Are we fulfilling those things that we have been called to do? Now, the early church had something looking quite like this, except I imagine they didn't call it up in and out. And so when the, the church was birthed, when Jesus went up to heaven and when he said, wait for the Holy Spirit to come, and the 120, 120 believers plus others were waiting in that room, the Holy Spirit was poured out on them and they took to the streets. That was the kingdom of God coming, the Holy Spirit empowering the church out. And they formed a new community, albeit 3,000 in one go. Peter preached, 3,000 people were added to the church. That is a big challenge. But look what happened. As a result of that, they had a people, a bit like us, although we're a bit less than 3,000, a people together, changed by God, brought into his family, empowered by the Holy Spirit. Now what? What did this community look like? What characterized them as a people? And we can learn from it. And over the centuries, churches have been modeling their 
family life on these verses because it's instructional on what the people of God are to do together. So let's read that. It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. That's a a strong word, devoted. There was passion and engagement and desire and willingness to give themselves to the new teaching they'd received and to the fellowship, to their fellow Christians, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Notice that devoted carries over into those verses. Devoted to breaking of bread and devoted to prayer. Challenging. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders, signs performed by the apostles. And all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. That was an incredible moment in church history and has been replicated many times over the years as God moves in his people, as God joins people to his family. And so different elements of that we find, I think they had it all in one go. I think what we find is there's a bit of ebbs and flows on different ones of those. I think a little bit of awe at healing signs and wonders might, might be good. Yeah, yeah, good, I had a few of that. When you read it, you're challenged, aren't you? Because you think, Lord, come and do that again. Come and breathe life into us. Allow these things that are the hallmarks of your life in us to be birthed again. So that is what they did. And if we look at some of those things, we've got a lot of the up in and out. We've got their prayer and their worship together, glad and sincere hearts. The in, they devoted themselves to teaching and to fellowship, to community. They met in homes, they ate together, they cared for one another. There was those expressions of the in. And then out, the Lord added daily to those who were being saved. This wasn't just the up and the in, oh, this is nice, up to God and in. It was an out. There was, a, there was an expression outward to the community. God was adding people to them. So this rhythm, these hallmarks of the church, the up, the worship, extravagant praise and joy to God, the in, the community that love one another, that demonstrate the new life in Christ and the outward flow of this life. It cannot be held into the church walls. It has to explode out into the community around them. So we see that there was this up and out in the Acts. Now, I um, was reading in the, uh, this great commentary series, Fillmore, uh, in Acts, and it says, Therefore, Luke tells us that the apostles set up the structures and meetings which still form part of most local churches today. They organized large-scale meetings in the temple courts or in the Leeds Beckett SU and in informal network of smaller meetings from house to house, as in mission groups. Now, I don't know, I'm not sure whether we know that the apostles, where it says, yeah, this is it, it says, oh, have I gone over the page? Yeah, I have. Um, Therefore, Luke tells us that the apostles set up the structures and meetings. Now, we don't know whether they set up, okay, 
Josephus and these others, you, you're in here and you meet in this group and I'm going to set another mission group over here, outskirts of Jerusalem. We don't know that they did that. I imagine it may have been more organic than that. But anyway, we can read that they did that. They met in homes. There was this large gathering in the temple courts, a Sunday meeting if you like, and there was the small, the dynamic, the sharing of lives. So, and we've modeled that at, as church through the years to have both, not just gathering for a public meeting, but actually in each other's lives, sharing community and seeing that flow out. So we have those three elements, and currently we have 12 mission groups at North Central. How about that? Now, you might not be able to read all of those. What's that? Good number? Yeah, very biblical. That's right. Uh, and actually, we've got a few more than that. So this is the latest update but they're changing all the time. This gives you an idea of some of our mission groups that we have. Some of them have fancy names. I like that. It's like, why isn't mine called Awake or Daily Bread? And other ones are called Queenswood or Tinsill. So you know, we've, we've not got any rules. So the structures that we are putting together are not like, right, we have prescribed forms of doing this community. Because community is natural. It's a family. You don't structure everything in family. Family flows. It has different dynamics. It responds to the needs of the group. So these are our 12 mission groups. And if you'd like to stand up if you are a mission group leader, I know we have quite a number here. It'll be just have a moment just to say thank you to you. Just hold a second, hold a second, just, just to honor these guys who, especially over these last uh, two years, they have served us so amazingly as we've gone through lockdown. The mission groups have held fast and have been online, have carried the pastoral and some of the connection points in the church. So let's just give them a really big round of applause. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. All right, you can sit down. I also realize it's a challenge. I am a mission group leader, and as I speak into these things, I'm aware. Are there any of my mission group here? This is, oh, good. <laughs> that is, my prayer was answered. It's like the challenge of preaching into something when you're actually leading it. It's like, uh, Tom, you know you said that on Sunday. Well, it's not quite gone like that. <laughs> I think what it reflects is not just poor leadership, which I hope it isn't, but it reflects the fact that with, as leading anything, there comes, there's challenging times, there's times when it needs to be refreshed, there's mission drift as you drift away from what you were called to, and say, actually, we haven't done that for a while, let's return back. It's dynamic, it's living. And so this is a bit of a call to come back to where we were at the start. So I'm going to do two things. I'm going to speak about two areas where I feel we've had some mission drift and pull us back into that. And it also gives you an idea of the heart of the mission group. How am I doing? Where's my timer? Oh, there we are. 10 minutes. It's good. Three quarters of the way there. Excellent. Good. So, 33 wards. Mission 33 wards. Next page. Yes, there we are. So I'd like to call us back to our mission, which is to reach leads with the good news of Jesus Christ. That's what we have been called to do. God's spoken to us about the anacronym leads, and the first one is love leads. This is a vision statement that Matt unpacked a number of years ago. The first one on our anacronym of leads is love leads. Love the city. Love the different areas. Love the 33 wards. And so what we want to do with mission groups is we want to start to realign our mission groups with the vision to reach the city. We want to align the mission groups again to reach the city. 
And so we've got a map of Leeds here. And this is, shows a bit of the, the dynamic of where we have our mission groups. So you can see the green is where we actually have current mission groups at the moment. Actually, the, the two further down, the lower side, uh, the lower ones, Beeston, Holbeck, and uh, what was it Middleton Park? Those are our south mission groups. So just I've included them because this was a, a graphic done earlier. So if you look at the green, the north, the north and the central groups, that reflects where our mission groups are at the moment. The purple represents the most deprived 10% living in England. They're the regions and the areas of Leeds which have the most deprived 10% in England. So if you look, we're not hitting a lot of the places where the, the, the deprived and the, and the marginalized and the poorer income places are. So this is a big challenge for us because other part of, of our Leeds vision is we're called to reach the poor and the underprivileged. And so this is somewhat, um, again, it feels like, wait, we, 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 need to be, we need to be reaching those areas too. We're in the nice bits, the north bits, and we're in some of the, the deprived areas, but actually if, if we took off those green, you'd see underneath it wasn't purple. So this is a challenge for us. And so we're looking at reaching leads, and that means reaching into the areas where maybe some of us aren't living at the moment, places that is harder to set up a mission group. So this just shows us where our Mosaic mission groups are and also the heart to be more missional, to say, let's see groups planted and started in all of these wards, especially the purple ones. That's our heart, our desire to see these mission groups be the mission element of the church that starts them move out into different areas. We've got um, four new groups, that's it, count up, four new groups starting which are going to start aligning with this vision. We've got a group starting in Seacroft that Matt is leading over there. I know a few of you have already managed, I think this week's first week they're doing, was it last week? They had a planning meeting last week, so just starting off Seacroft, which is great if you look at that. Um, that's Seacroft there, that's the purple over there. That's good, we've got a purple. Now, now, now let me say this, we're not just trying to check off areas like, we've got our ward, great, done, check, look everybody how great we're doing. The, the heart is that out of these groups will multiply and will grow out from there, not just we've got the 33 wards, we're done, you can all go home now, thank you very much, good night, goodbye. We are on a mission to reach this city, to see the gospel spread, to see communities in every area of Leeds. We've got a, another group starting up in the near future in uh, mean, no, mean, Moore Town. That's right, where's Andy and Helen? Andy and Helen here, moving house, and then they'll start another group in Moore Town, so that's great. It's exciting. We have um, a group starting in the central area in a few weeks, and that is, um, Lara is going to be taking a few names today as she starts to think about putting that together. And then we also have um, a group focused centrally and on young adults that is going to be led by Vincent and Anna. They're still praying, talking about what they're going to do. So we've got movement. We've got new groups starting that we're wanting to begin in the next few months. Next slide. There we are. The second the second key punch that I want to bring on our mission drift is that we may have drifted into a bit of additional thinking as opposed to multiplication thinking. We're in adding by one, two, three, four instead of exponential growth. And I think this is important that we bring us back from just thinking small-mindedly and on just addition to thinking multiplying. And I, 
taught this through with our mission group leaders on Monday when our mission group leaders um, training. And it's this, that instead of just thinking of our groups being something that we just add to, we need to begin with the idea that we're wanting to multiply. We're wanting to multiply the group. All healthy organisms grow and multiply. I think the danger and the challenge for church is we often resort to thinking, add one, add another one, add another one. And actually, Jesus has said, go into all the world and make disciples. There's a multiplication. You make a disciple who makes a disciple who makes a disciple. And the issue and the challenge for the church and the challenge for our own lives is that we can often stop at one generation. We may have learned something, great, I'm growing in my disciple, but we forget the next stage, which is to pass on, to multiply, to give away. And it's the same with our groups, not just in our personal lives, but in our groups, that we're thinking as we start a group, we want to multiply. Who are the next leaders? How can we grow? How can we move out? How can we see this area of Meanwood? We've got another one. Oh, no, Moortown. We've got one in Moortown. We've got another one in Moortown. How can we see that part of Moortown? Or in Tinsel area, we've got a group in Tinsel, but there's Cookridge over the other side. There's the Holt Park Estate. So we're thinking, how are we growing? How are we multiplying? And I think it's just a, a bit of a call to where we've had some drift to come back to multiplication, to come back to thinking, let's expand, let's grow, let's move forward, and start with multiplying in mind. Lastly, I want to, um, before we get into looking at our different areas and moving around the room to do so. I just want to give us a quote from Paul Miller from a great book called uh, The Loving Life. He wrote a book called The Praying Life, which many of you have read. We uh, recommended it from, from the front. And um, he writes this book about love and about the church loving one another and about laying down your life for others. And I think today, in on Mission Group Sunday, if we could call it that, I want to give a, a challenge and a call to you. If you are maybe feeling like, or not just feeling like, you actually are on the fringe of the church. Maybe this is a few weeks in, you've only been visiting once or twice, and you're kind of looking on and you're thinking, oh yeah, this is, this is all right. Maybe you've been here for a long time, but you've never actually made it into the heart of the church. You've stayed on the outside. You've stayed coming on Sundays, watching, worshiping, enjoying that, but never made it to mission group. And my challenge and my call to you today is that you would take that step, that movement from, from watching, from enter, being entertained, to contributing, to giving, to loving, to being part of the family. Those things are what God has called us to. And as Christians, we see in that Acts passage, that's what it meant to be a follower of Jesus, that they met together, they worshipped, they met in the temple courts, and they met in homes. It's a, a rhythm of life that there's community and a flow out of that to each other. So here's the challenge. The biggest problem people have in searching for the perfect community is just that. You don't find community, you create it through love. Look how this transforms how we enter a room full of strangers. Our instinctive thought is, who do I know? Who am I comfortable with? And there's nothing wrong with those questions. But the Jesus questions that create communities are, who can I love? Who is left out? It's very challenging, isn't it? It's, a, it's a, a, another shift in our, our disposition towards people and communities. So here are two different formulas for community creation. One, search for community where I am loved, become disappointed with community, 
hang on. Yeah? Yeah, I'm um, become disappointed with community. Or, secondly, I didn't write one and two, so I got confused. Two, show unconditional love, create community. Here are two different formulas for community creation. Search community where I'm loved, become disappointed with community. Or show unconditional love and create community. The first formula lives, uh, leaves us critical and ultimately solitary. The second one enlarges our life, filling it with surprise. No matter what our situation, we can create community through love. We don't wait for love, we pursue it. And I recognize that as we're talking about mission groups, it starts to, the words and the structures start to take over. But actually, this is not about the structures and the formulas and what you call your group and where you're located. This is about what happens within it and who we are together as a people. That God has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. We are now a kingdom of priests. We are set apart. We are different than the world. We are a spiritual community. A temple of the Holy Spirit. And so our lives look different. Our community looks different. Our gatherings look different. We are spiritual. We are born again. And therefore our community should reflect those things. And those things that we see are in Acts starting to flow through the church again. And love I mean, it's amazing when the guys who wrote the Bible, some of the Peter and John, it's amazing when they write their letters, they all write, love one another. This is, this is everything it is, love one another. And Jesus writes, love one another. It's the young guys who are like, come on, let's do this, let's do this. And then when they get all the way through and they've walked with God, they've walked through suffering, they've walked through challenge, they say, church, love one another. So this is a hallmark of the church and of our mission groups that we love one another. That is a place of commitment. It's a place of giving. It's a place of laying down our lives. It's a place of not just consuming, but giving and adding. 